This is my 301st video and the date is the 18th of January 2022. This is the only video you'll ever need to convince everyone you know that COVID-19 is a fraud. In my last video, published on the 22nd of December 2021, I explained why I thought we were winning the war against the COVID fraud. It now seems to have been an accurate suggestion, because since then some advisers and the media have been falling over themselves to reposition themselves, to agree that masks don't work, and maybe they do a lot of harm, that lockdowns were harmful, and that the jabs don't do what everybody thinks they do, in that they don't stop the jabbed from getting COVID-19, and they don't stop them spreading COVID-19 if they have it. Fancy that, a vaccine that doesn't do what it's supposed to do but does do things that it isn't supposed to do. Mainstream media now admit that millions were already protected from the coronavirus because of previous exposure to the common cold. At the moment, one in four people who has a cold has tested positive for COVID. Why did it take them two years to report a truth that has been obvious from the start? I don't suppose all those government bribes had anything to do with it. It looks as if there's been an awful lot of backpedalling. But if they're now happy to admit that COVID-19 is nothing more than the flu or even a cold, it's because they've already tricked people into being jabbed and into wearing masks. But we need to be sceptical. Scientists and doctors who now claim that we should learn to live with COVID and stop lockdowns, self-isolating masks and vaccines jabs, have arrived at a version of the truth rather late in the day and some of them have done so because they're part of a bigger plan, the new world order that the enemy talks about. They're ready to move on to the next stage. I don't believe anything anyone tells me if they're linked to anything official. I am, I suspect, the most sceptical person on earth. There are still two main dangers. First, the majority of people around the world have been very effectively brainwashed. They're still wearing masks and they'll happily accept whatever jabs they're offered. In Australia, the majority of the population have now reached zombie level. They'd stand on their heads in a bucket of warm custard if they were told it would save them. The reaction of the Australian government to Djokovic, the tennis player, was revealing, but the attitude of the other tennis players was even more revealing. Whatever happened to the old principle of sticking by your mates? What a load of pathetic forelock tuggers the majority of tennis players turned out to be. One piece of research allegedly showed recently that men are thought to be more handsome if they're wearing masks. I can think of only two things to explain this. Either the masked men were incredibly ugly to start with, or the people who thought them good-looking in masks had been brain-damaged by their jabs. Are mainstream media commentators promoting this story just to get people to wear masks. Anyone who wears a mask just looks stupid and pathetic. I sat in a cafe the other day and listened to the staff and customers discussing Covid. The two words that summed up the conversation were fear and ignorance. The misconceptions they shared were extraordinary. They all believed quite firmly that the jabs would stop them getting or spreading Covid. They believed quite firmly that they could contract COVID by touching something, anything that had previously been touched by someone with COVID. They believed that we're in the middle of a plague, but there was never any risk of the infection being spread by cash or anything else. The nonsense about cash was introduced to help banks promote digital money and digital passports. The attitude of those people in the cafe wasn't unusual. This has always been a media war, a propaganda war. And when I use the word brainwashed, I do so deliberately. The lawyers, even the well-meaning ones, aren't going to win this for us. Though they've made lots of promises and I suspect a lot of money in some cases. The courts are bent and even if court cases are won, nothing much will happen because of the nature of the war. We wouldn't have won the Second World War by taking the Germans to court. The real problem with all these promises from lawyers is that some people tend to feel complacent and to assume that the lawyers will sort it out without them having to do anything. 
I don't believe it, and I can't help wondering how many lawyers are working for free and how many are charging fat fees. I find it deeply offensive that some of the lawyers are going to get rich out of the world's misfortune. It would be like a doctor charging a fee to attend a man who'd collapsed in the street. I wonder how many of the hundreds of lawyers around the world are making money out of Covid but actually understand what's really going on. I wonder how many have refused to be jabbed, actually. I wonder how many wear masks. Those of us who are awake tend not to realise just how much the mass of people believe the lies. We talk to people who think as we do. We watch videos made by people who think as we do. And those who are allowed to use social media share thoughts with like-minded people. Incidentally, I have to mention that I'm now banned from every social media site in existence. YouTube has even banned me from accessing their site, let alone putting up videos. I'm not sure how the idiots are going to police that. Their actual words were, you won't be able to access, possess or create any other YouTube channels. My channel on YouTube had 216,000 subscribers, mostly from early 2020. But actually, that's given me an idea. In return, I'm going to ban all YouTube staff from looking at my videos here on Brand YouTube, and all Google employees are banned, and all the corrupt and moronic Wikipedia editors, they're all banned. They aren't allowed to view any of my videos ever, and they can't access my websites either, and if they trespass on my estate here in Scotland, the gamekeepers have orders to shoot them. As I've proved, the YouTube people are idiots. For the last 18 months, I haven't put anything about COVID on YouTube because I knew they'd censor it. Instead, I used my old YouTube channel to redirect subscribers to brand YouTube. It took the YouTube idiots 18 months to work out what I was doing. As I hope most people know, I believe that anyone who's still posting COVID material on YouTube must be bent and part of the enemy. Worryingly, however, there are fake sites pretending to be me. At the last count, there were apparently three on Telegram alone. I can't get on there to look at them, but that's what I'm told. Please mark these sites as fake. Any social media site in my name is fake. I've been working on this video for weeks because to be sure that we win our war, we have to reach outside the community which is developed within the resistance movement. We can't use the mainstream media because they're all bought and controlled by governments. There isn't a mainstream TV channel or radio station that I trust, and I'll never trust any of them again. We must never forget or forgive their treachery. Similarly, we must never forgive or forget the lies told by politicians, advisers and doctors. Every doctor who's been promoting the COVID-19 jabs is either part of the enemy or an ignorant fool. Those doctors and nurses who've been giving the jabs without explaining all the side effects, and I suspect that's pretty well all of them, are in breach of medical ethics and will eventually be sued and will lose their licenses. They were warned a year ago. What I've done here is to sort through all the available evidence and pick out the important points so that you can show this video to anyone who isn't yet awake to what's happened, is happening now, and is going to happen next. There's so much information around now that it's difficult to see what's really important and what can best be used to explain the nature of this war to those who are still asleep. I'm sure I'm not alone in finding it difficult to keep up with all the scientific information available. For example, a good deal of time and effort has recently been given to the danger of certain batches of the jabs. Why bother? We know the jabs are useless and we know they're dangerous. We know we aren't going to be jabbed. We know that we have to share the truth with those who aren't awake. Talking about dangerous batches is utterly irrelevant and merely confuses the issue. It's a dangerous distraction. Discussing the toxicity of different batches of the jabs implies that in some cases the jab might be safe to take. And that's wrong and unhelpful to those of us who want the jabs completely stopped. Besides, how does anyone know what the allegedly harmless or less harmful batches will do to you in five or ten years' time? How many of those who are jabbed will be infertile? If the vaxxed have children, will those children be born diseased or, or vulnerable to disease? It's happened before, as I've said on one of these videos. I've never thought that these jabs were anything but pointless and lethal. They were never necessary. There's a lot of rubbish talked about batches. 
All the damned jabs are bad all the time. And I suspect some of those talking about batches have been confused. Within any protest movement, there's always a danger that those at the heart of the protest will become inwardly obsessed. Political factions and jealousies develop. There's a risk that those most committed to the cause will end up sharing videos, emails and tweets with a fairly small group of campaigners who think the same. I've seen it happen many times in the past with campaigning groups. It's something the enemy's PSYOP specialists do everything they can to encourage by cutting off our access to mainstream media, by demonising the best-known campaigners, by using agents provocateurs to stir up resentments and ill-feeling, and by encouraging campaigners to devote themselves to specific ideological notions, such as the non-existence of viruses. Those who are wide awake and who realise that we are fighting a war against corruption, deceit and unimaginable evil are, not surprisingly, constantly looking for new evidence, proving that the COVID-19 pandemic is a fraud and that the experimental toxic jab is dangerous and ineffective. The result is that it's become increasingly difficult to see the wood for many small and scrubby trees. I've, I've sifted through everything we know and everything important for this video. I've been doing this and stuff like this for 50 years, researching and attacking drug companies, never working for them or with them. Drug companies are evil. I've often said in the past that they're worse than the illegal drug trade. My books, as a result of campaigns, have been banned in many countries around the world, largely as a result of stuff I've written about vaccines. I've ignored the mass of unsubstantiated theories which are around. There are videos claiming that viruses don't exist, that exosomes explain everything, that there's a virus but it was made by the military in Wuhan, that the whole sorry story is explained by 5G transmitters, which I hate, but which haven't yet been installed everywhere and have actually been withheld in some places because of the risk of aeroplanes crashing, that there are tiny transmitters hidden in each dose of the mRNA jab and that there are parasites within the jabs. And of course, there's the batches distraction. We don't need to discuss any of those things at the moment. We need to th keep things simple and understandable so that we can reach out to the millions who still think COVID is a more serious illness than the flu and that the jabs are safe and effective. How many of those theories are valid? I have no idea. The bottom line is that anyone who insists on discussing these theories loudly and in public is actually making things considerably worse for all of us. These theories actually complicate some very simple and easily proven truths and they dramatically hinder our chances of persuading the millions who believe their governments, the medical establishment and the mainstream media, to accept the true story that we're trying to share. This is a war and we're fighting evil and ruthless people. Drug companies have repeatedly marketed drugs in the past, over the decades, which they know will kill and maim. For them and their staff, it's all about money. I don't think anyone understands how diabolical drug company employees really are. Government propaganda, media support, drug company lies and deceits and an unending array of alternative theories are making it increasingly difficult for those who are still asleep to understand why we know that COVID-19 is a fraud and why it's just the first part of an attempt to change our whole way of life. The COVID-19 fraud will segue seamlessly into the climate change fraud and the COVID-19 passports will segue seamlessly into the digital, pa digital passports we know are coming. Most people will, I'm sure, have struggled and failed to wake up relatives, friends, neighbours and workmates who insist on wearing masks, accepting COVID jabs and obeying all the rules and restrictions which are thrown at them. People do these things because they believe the narrative. Cognitive dissonance means that they find it quite impossible to believe that politicians, civil servants and doctors could possibly lie that much. And talking of doctors, why is it taking doctors so long to wake up? I can still count on one hand the number of British medical doctors I know of who've had the courage to speak out loudly about the Covid fraud. Many doctors who've stayed silent have been making 50 to 100,000 pounds a year extra for jabbing people with a toxic experimental drug. That's staggering. 
The average GP in the UK will earn a massive annual bonus for ignoring medical ethics, ignoring responsibilities to patients and the principle of informed consent, and giving experimental COVID jabs to their patients without bothering to do any research or to examine the lies they've been told by corrupt governments, corrupt advisors, corrupt drug companies and corrupt medical establishments. There'll be no defence when they find themselves facing Nuremberg-style trials. On the 2nd of February 2021, I warned that doctors and nurses giving the COVID-19 jabs would be tried as war criminals, and they will. I'm pleased that a few doctors woke up in 2021, but why the devil did it take them so long? And why do they confine themselves to an odd tweet? All doctors should be screaming about this fraud and resigning from the NHS. And by the way, have you noticed that people who've been double jabbed are often given a booster made by a different company? This is deliberate because it makes it very difficult for injured patients to take legal action against their government because they can't know which company's product was responsible. The drug companies, of course, are immune to prosecution thanks to an intervention by Bill Gates, who just happens to be involved with many of the jab-making companies. I wonder how many doctors and patients know that an insurance company in France said they would not pay out on a multi-million dollar insurance policy because the man had, who died had received a Covid jab. The insurance company pointed out that the side effects of the Covid jabs are known and have been published and so anyone who accepts a Covid jab is taking part in an experiment at their own risk. They also pointed out that COVID-19 is itself not regarded as a critical or serious illness. All this is true, of course, we know this, but this is a court saying this. In what will doubtless be the first of many court cases, the judgment was that the man who died had essentially committed suicide by accepting the COVID-19 jab. Think about that. That is so significant. Those doctors who didn't warn their patients about the risks associated with the COVID jabs should be sweating quite a lot. What I've done in this video is to create a simple introduction to these frauds, a solid, simple, straightforward analysis of the evidence which can be used to inform and convince anyone who still believes that we're fighting a plague and that the heavily promoted mRNA drugs are the only solution. We've already had more than enough unarguable proof to convince any intelligent person that COVID-19 is no more deadly than the flu and that the mRNA jabs do not do what most people believe they do and are far more dangerous than the politicians, their advisers and the compliant media say they are. The evidence proves without any question that COVID-19 was never more than a mild rebranded version of the flu and that the promoted remedies, lockdowns, masks, social distancing and jabs were inspired by ulterior and malignant motives. No one should be accepting the jab. And anyone suggesting or implying that the elderly alone should be given the jab is not on our side. They're certainly not on my side. No one should have one of the Covid jabs. We have to remember that for the first time in centuries, no scientific debate has been allowed. Properly researched scientific papers have been ignored or suppressed, and doctors and scientists who've, be, who've spoken out have been demonised and marginalised. I've been writing about drugs and vaccines since the 1970s, and I'm blacklisted. Doctors and medical organisations who've tried to hire lecture halls or meeting rooms to discuss these issues have found themselves banned. Wikipedia has been used to discredit independent thinkers and truth-tellers. The phrase conspiracy theorist has been used to damn anyone criticising the official line or offering solid scientific evidence which doesn't fit the approved requirements of the propaganda machine. There's been no debate about COVID-19 or about the jabs. In the UK, for example, the BBC has openly refused to allow any criticism of any vaccines on any of its programmes. Please remember, don't break the law, but do not pay the BBC licence fee. If you give the BBC money, you're supporting a blatantly dishonest propaganda machine, which has not only suppressed the truth about vaccines, and I'm talking not just about the Covid jabs, 
but has also spread downright lies. And of course, the BBC has financial links to Bill Gates, who had contact with Epstein. The new boss of BBC News, a woman called Deborah Turnis, is being paid £400,000 a year and is reported to have said she's committed to the BBC's powerful brand of impartial, trusted journalism. I can't believe it. I wonder if they hypnotised her or just removed her brain completely. That's the most self-serving and idiotic thing I've heard for months, even counting the politicians. The BBC is clearly not impartial. And so this is the ultimate wake-up video, the only information you'll need to convince everyone you know who hasn't yet woken up of the awfulness of the lies they've been told. Everything I'm telling you can be easily checked and confirmed. You can find all the sources and references on my websites in the transcripts of many of my videos. My videos on YouTube were all removed, of course, when YouTube removed the channel, but the transcripts of those videos and my videos on brand YouTube are all available on my website, and there's free books there which can be downloaded. The basic facts are easy to list and they produce a truth that can't be denied. COVID-19 was always a fraud and it was always part of something much bigger. Anyone who doesn't see that is a fool. This has been a media war conducted by malignant PSYOP and brainwashing specialists. Politicians have claimed to be following the science, but they've been lying and they've used a good many tricks and distractions to help them hide the truth. Paid advisors, often with links to drug companies, have promoted and endorsed acceptable theories and dismissed and suppressed all the available evidence which doesn't fit neatly with the approved plan. I've not only gone through all the scientific and medical evidence for this video, but I've also studied the PSYOP techniques used by the enemies. The PSYOP manuals produced by the CIA and the US Army have been the basis for this war. It was never about science, medicine or mathematical models. Look at the size of the manuals they've been using. That's one of them. That's another one of them. That's another one of them. And that's another one of them. Once you realise how the fraud's been planned, and it's like following a music score. It's one reason why it's been remarkably easy to predict their next moves. And if anybody wonders where I've been for the last couple of weeks, I've been reading through all those wretched books. No fun, I have to tell you. Right from the start, it was obvious that the predictions being made by Neil Ferguson and others at Imperial College were wrong. Everyone seemed to ignore the fact that according to the World Health Organization, up to 650,000 people can die in the world from the flu in a single six-month flu season. Incidentally, flu seasons cover six months. But with COVID, they're rolling up the figures year on year to make the total look greater. In fact, I've proved, even with their figures, COVID hasn't killed more people than the flu would have done if it had still been around. The, figure, the figures are in a brand YouTube video and the transcripts on my websites. Governments and the World Health Organization admit that in 2020, the flu mysteriously disappeared. However, if you examine the figures for COVID-19 deaths, it becomes clear that they're directly comparable to the missing flu deaths. Actually, COVID-19 was less lethal than the flu. Really, the magnificent World Doctors' Alliance kindly sent me the UK government's own figures which show that the death registrations due to COVID-19 without pre-existing conditions were, for England and Wales, as follows. In 2020, just 9,400. In the first quarter of 2021, there were 6,483 deaths from COVID-19. In the second quarter, there were 346 deaths. And in the third quarter, there were 1,142. Those figures prove quite clearly that COVID-19 was not just the rebranded flu, it was actually a mild flu. In, 19, in 2019, flu deaths in England and Wales were 26,342, and in 2018, there were 29,451. That's three times as many as COVID-19. 
If you need a good laugh, listen to this. On the 16th of January 2022, the BBC said, COVID deaths, are, COVID deaths are rising sharply in the UK, but an increasing proportion of these are actually due to something else. BBC analysis suggests that's because some people die with COVID rather than from it. Close quotes. That's exactly what people with brains have been saying for 18 months or more. And now the BBC discovers it and suggests that it's their analysis which has discovered this remarkable truth. It doesn't take much imagination to realise that COVID-19 is just the ordinary flu which has been rebranded for political purposes. I don't believe the Wuhan bio-theory, bio-weapon theory, by the way, when governments and the mainstream media talk about something. You know it's fake. We're constantly told that COVID-19 is much more dangerous than the flu and that because it's especially dangerous, it requires special remedies. However, in March 2020, the public health bodies in the UK and a specialist committee entitled the Advisory Committee on Dangerous Pathogens and employed by the UK government to assess the seriousness of the coronavirus threat concluded that COVID-19 could be downgraded to the level of the ordinary winter flu. The evidence for that has been available on my website for nearly two years now and there's a link to the UK government's own website. If more people had looked at that, there's no way that governments around the world could have got away with this fraud. The mainstream media amazingly ignored that piece of evidence. Two days after COVID-19 had been officially downgraded to the level of flu, the British government introduced the most oppressive bill in British parliamentary history, the Emergency Bill, 358 pages long and clearly prepared in advance, turned Britain into a totalitarian state and gave the government and the police unprecedented powers, including powers related to restrictions on the use and disclosure of information. Much the same thing happened in countries all around the world where governments just happened to have the same new freedom-crushing legislation ready to introduce. The authorities insist that COVID-19 has killed far more people than the annual flu, but if this were the case, you'd expect the mortality rate to have risen in 2020. It did not. I've spoken to several senior doctors who still believe that the mortality rate in 2020 was higher than usual. If they'd done a little basic research, they'd know that the total number of people dying in 2020 was notably lower than in many previous years. You can't call it a plague or a pandemic if the total death rate per thousand population is less than it was a few years ago. Journalists are still lying about the mortality rate. I saw an article the other day claiming that the mortality rate was 2%. When they brought in lockdowns, they said it was to stop the spread of a killer infection. But predictably, the lockdowns did absolutely nothing to reduce the number of deaths. In, indeed, they actually increased the number of deaths. The amount of serious illness and future annual death totals will go up by forcing the closure of hospital departments and GP services. The authorities claimed that hospitals were full, but the evidence shows they were quieter than most years, and staff had so much time on their hands they were rehearsing and making silly dance videos. People who filmed empty hospitals were arrested for doing so. In May 2020, I warned that the lockdowns would kill far more people than COVID. Inevitably, I was attacked by hysterical, bent fact-checkers and journalists, but it was right. It's now clear that the lockdowns will kill more than a hundred times as many as COVID-19. Incidentally, talking of journalists, I see that some journalists now claim that there is no free press in China. You don't have to go that far to find a submissive press that has sold out to authority. There's been no free press in the US, the UK, Europe, Australia, New Zealand or anywhere for nearly two years. The Guardian and the BBC both seem unashamed at having financial links with Bill Gates. The BBC, remember, refuses to allow any proper discussion of any vaccination. That's surely a blatant breach of its charter, let alone basic journalistic ethics. Every piece of evidence available proves that the lockdowns will kill millions more than the COVID-19. The lockdowns were predictably part of the killing machine. 
It's no wonder that endless ministers and their advisers, including ones who were telling the country that they couldn't go out, couldn't visit dying relatives, couldn't go to funerals if the numbers, number of mourners was, except whether the number of mourners were limited, couldn't have normal weddings and so on, ignored the rules they'd created, ignored the lockdowns and had lots of parties. They knew, they knew that the lockdowns were part of a compliance program. They were part of the PSYOP designed to oppress, to suppress, to terrify, to kill and to destroy the global economy. They had their parties because they knew damn well there was nothing to worry about. You don't cancel parties just because there's a risk that you might, might catch the flu or a cold. I do find it strange though that it's illegal to drink and drive a car but perfectly acceptable to get plastered when you're supposed to be running the country. The lockdowns destroyed the chances of natural immunity developing, the best type of immunity, and they also damaged immune systems and made people more vulnerable to many diseases. Doctors in the medical establishment knew that, but they lied. The authorities have consistently done their best to dismiss the value of natural immunity. They had to do that in order to promote the so-called jabs and to justify the rules and regulations which were introduced. But natural immunity has worked very well for thousands of years. It's what's always saved us from the thousands of infections which can and do kill people. And of course the lockdowns gave them an excuse to murder old people with midazolam and morphine. I called it murder in the late spring of 2020 and it was murder. And it wasn't just the elderly who were being killed. They put DNR notices on young disabled people as well as the elderly. There's evidence now showing that the average Briton, and this is true of other countries as well, can expect to live nine months less. Nine months less because of the lockdowns. Because of absurd and unnecessary closure of services by GPs with witless, ignorant GPs abandoning face-to-face -face medicine and because of hospital department closures and massively increased waiting times for treatment. Life expectation is being taken back decades because of deliberately homicidal policies. Delayed diagnoses and delayed treatment for cancer and heart disease are the cause of the fall in life expectancy. Financial analysts report that pension providers are expected to gain billions in profits over the next five years as a direct result of the lower life expectancy. A fall in life expectancy will of course fit in perfectly with the aims of those promoting Ag Agenda 21. Governments, insurance companies and pension companies have already boasted of the untold billions they're saving because of all the elderly people who've died as a result of the lockdowns and the jabbing and of course the deliberate murdering. Covid fraud has saved pension companies around 100 billion in pension costs in the UK alone. And the government will save even more than that. Remember, everything I'm telling you is true, provably true. There are heaps of scientific references in the transcripts of my 300 previous videos. They fiddle the number of Covid deaths by counting just about all the deaths as Covid. Even if you were hit on the head with an axe, they still counted you as a Covid death if you died within 60 or 28 days of a positive test. They're still cheating. Public Health Scotland admits that 4 out of 10 people who are allegedly in hospital with Covid are there with something else. In England, a third of people allegedly in hospital with Covid have no symptoms and are there for something else but just happened to test positive for Covid when they had a routine compulsory test. And the UK Health Security Agency has been warned by the Office for Statistics Regulation in the UK after producing implausible Covid statistics. It seems that the UK Health Secretary, Sajid Javid, is guilty of spreading misinformation. Gosh, what a surprise. A health minister spreading misinformation. But the fact-checkers didn't do him. And then there are the masks. Nearly everyone is still wearing masks in shops. Many wear their masks in the street. Before masks were made mandatory, both leading medical advisers, Fauci of the United States and Witte in the UK, ruled that mask-wearing was of no value. Fauci described it accurately as virtue signalling. But suddenly, the advice changed. The evidence proves that con conclusively that mask wearing is not just entirely useless, but that it does far more harm than good. 
My free book about masks is available on my website and it contains scores of references which prove the harm that masks are doing. Remember, masks increase your chances of developing bacterial pneumonia, they may exacerbate many disorders such as cancer and they cause serious psychological problems in babies and children who see others wearing them. Remember too that during the SARS epidemic people were fined for promoting masks. Masks are now promoted because they're a good way to create obedient citizens. They're training bras for slaves. The people who wear dirty masks or old masks are doing real permanent harm to their health. And masks, if masks are worn, they really need to be changed every two hours and then thrown away. How many people do that? Have you noticed how many people who wear masks no longer bother to put a hand over their mouth when they cough? That's another way in which masks are encouraging the spread of infection. And not all surgeons wear masks, by the way, which is another lie. They know that the evidence shows that they're useless at preventing the spread of infection. And of course, the discarded masks, billions of them, are now a huge menace to wildlife. The people who wear masks are often the ones who jump out of the way because they're still social distancing. But again, there was never any evidence for social distancing. It was all part of the PSYOP to cause mental distress. A cough or a sneeze can carry an infection 20 to 30 feet. The figure of 6 foot 6 inches, 2 metres, was chosen because it seemed enough to worry people, but often not enough to cause total disruption. And then there's the PCR test, a thoroughly devalued and useless test. If someone tests positive with the PCR test using a threshold of 35 cycles or higher, the chances that the individual is actually inf infected is less than 3%. That's a probability of a 97% false positive. In the UK, the NHS has used up to 45 cycles. They've done this to try to create a pandemic, to make it look as though a lot of people are ill. And remember, the inventor of the test, Professor Carrie Mollis, said that the PCR test was never designed to diagnose diseases. It's been banned in some countries, but not in the UK. Remember too that testing samples are being used to sell DNA. When I warned about this in early 2020, I was, as usual, viciously attacked. But it's happening. Other tests are equally useless. A study shows that the equipment used to measure, measure body temperature from a few inches away is often dangerously inaccurate and about as much use as a donut. Then there are the mRNA jabs. Over a year ago, in December 2020, I warned of the heart problems such as myocarditis that would come with the jabs. I listed then, over a year ago, all the side effects that would occur and have occurred. I've already proved that governments and drug companies suppressed information about side effects and dangers. I've provided solid scientific evidence proving that the jabs cause heart disease, the problem now affecting thousands of young people. I've provided scientific evidence proving that the jabs can seriously affect numerous other organs in the body, including the brain. My videos about on those subjects contain the sources. Doctors who are now claiming that they've only just become aware of the dangers must be ignorant and incompetent. The dangers were, as I've said, known in 2020 and the video proving it is still on brand YouTube. It's not surprising, perhaps, that 10 to 15 percent of hospital staff are refusing to be jabbed. One hospital in London reckons they'll lose 1,000 members of staff if the government dares to introduce mandatory jabs for healthcare workers. If they do bring in mandatory jabs for doctors and nurses, we'll all know that the plan is to destroy what's left of the NHS. Paid advisors with links to Bill Gates or drug companies, or both, have spread lies like jam on toast. Today the UK government confirms that four out of every five alleged Covid deaths in England since August 2021 were individuals who were fully jabbed. Studies in the UK, Denmark and South Africa show that the Omicron epidemic is driven by young jabbed people, all convinced that their jabs protect them from colds and flu. 
Incidentally, I've heard people say that no one under 65 should be jabbed. That's dangerous and treacherous talk. No one should have these jabs. No one. The elderly are the most likely to be killed by them. The mRNA jabs are useless and they're deadly. By the way, a new poll shows that not, those not having the jabs are more likely to be well-educated and intelligent than those who do have them. They're more likely to have a college degree if they say no. In order to persuade more people to be jabbed and to cover up injuries from the jabs, the authorities invented long COVID. That's now been proved by scientists to be another fraud. They claim that patients with long COVID develop 75 different symptoms, symptoms which just happen to match the side effects of the toxic jabs. Check out my videos or the transcripts. The evidence is all there with scientific papers quoted. The only real symptom is loss of smell, which you get after the flu. Another common lie was that people can spread the infection without having any symptoms. It's this lie, together with the absurd enthusiasm for lateral flow tests, which has resulted in millions of healthy people taking time off and disrupting life in so many ways. All this is deliberate, of course. It's part of the plan to destroy the world economy. A trial involving 10 million people proved that people can't spread the rebranded flu if they have no symptoms. Among normal healthy people, the only way the flu can be spread is by coughing and sneezing. Ironically, it's now clear that non-symptomatic spread is now possible because those individuals who've allowed themselves to be jabbed with the experimental mRNA jabs can spread disease without having any symptoms. And this, incidentally, is proof that the people who are being jabbed are, I'm afraid, the selfish ones. They're helping to spread all sorts of infection and they're endangering the healthy, unjabbed citizens. The PSYOP specialists have, of course, spun it the other way round, constantly criticising the wise ones as selfish. But, although it may sound slightly absurd to some, it's no exaggeration to say that the vaxxed have been turned into killer zombies, dangerously weak, dangerously unhealthy, dangerously stupid, requiring massive amounts of healthcare and brain damage too. Once again, all the scientific evidence is on my websites and in videos going back nearly two years. Everything I've said has been accurate. The PSYOP started in early 2020 with absurd films allegedly showing people in China dropping down dead in the street from Covid. Does anyone remember people dropping dead in the street from Covid? Doesn't seem to have happened in any other country. The only people who've been dropping down dead in public have been young sportsmen who've been jabbed. The lies and the deceit have been endless for two years. The closure of schools and businesses was part of the plan to destroy the global economy. Teachers who demanded that their schools be shut were behaving dishonestly or hysterically. The damage to children's education was deliberate and entirely unnecessary. Many of the fact-checking organisations who appear all over the internet are paid and well paid by companies, organisations and individuals who've got links to the jab manufacturers. Right from the start of this operation, so-called fact-checkers and the media have been committed to promoting the lies created by the people behind the fraud. The media has been controlled to a certain extent by legislation limiting what they can print or broadcast, but also by money. When the global economy took a predictable drive in the spring of 2020, advertising collapsed. Governments stepped in by buying huge amounts of advertising and paying top rate for that advertising. Much of the media has got links with individuals such as Bill Gates. For example, both the BBC and The Guardian have financial links with Bill Gates, an ind individual who would normally be shunned by these organisations because of the sexual allegations made against him, but who's treated as a philanthropist and as something as a saint. As BN as BNT and I were the first to reveal, even MRHA in the UK has accepted money from Gates. What a disgrace. Remember this, no official expert has ever claimed that the experimental Covid jabs will stop anyone getting or spreading Covid-19 infection. Even the NHS in the UK doesn't claim it will do that. Only fools or liars claim the Covid jabs will stop you getting Covid. 
Remember, if the government in the UK really tries to force NHS staff to be jabbed, we will know that their plan is to destroy what little is left of the National Health Service. The evidence about the mRNA jabs proves that they do infinitely more harm than good. The UK government confirms that four out of every five COVID-19 deaths in England since last summer were individuals who were fully jabbed. The death rate from COVID-19 is still being exaggerated by politicians, doctors and journalists. The mortality rate from COVID-19 is no more than the mortality rate from the flu, less as I've proved earlier on in this video. And the evidence proves that COVID-19 is simply the flu rebranded. The variations are just usual variations, and remember viral variations usually become milder and less dangerous with time. If anyone is unconvinced by everything I've said, there are three simple questions to ask. If this isn't a fraud, why have governments around the world lied consistently about COVID-19 and the jabs? And why have governments and the media deliberately suppressed all debate? For the first time in history, doctors, well, history for a long time, doctors who question the official narrative are silenced and demonised. And why do the government and the media continue to trust Neil Ferguson, a man whose track record is so bad that even if he were a weather forecaster, he'd have been fired years ago. Mystic Meg would do better. Much better. A month ago, Ferguson warned of a minimum of 3,000 deaths a day in January if no restrictions were imposed in England. No restrictions were imposed on the average daily death so far is 127. Why did they create this false pandemic? Why have governments and scientists around the world lied so much about COVID? If you want to know the answer, listen to my video entitled Final Irrefutable Proof That the COVID-19 Pandemic Never Existed. That went up on the 19th of April 2021. Or watch the video, which is officially more dangerous, COVID-19 or the flu? That went up on the 12th of March 2021. Or read the script of apartheid, ghetto or enslavement. And that video was diluted by the YouTube Gestapo, but the transcript's still available. Or read my book, Endgame, which explains everything. All that is part one in a war which has only just started. They're already working on part two, the myth of climate change, the absurdity of zero carbon. Dishonest, oppressive propaganda units such as the BBC are already promoting absurdities to persuade the innocent to believe in a danger that doesn't exist. They claim that babies have heart damage because of climate change rather than the jabs. They claim that climate change will cause an increase in kidney stones. I don't know who thinks up this crap, but they should be scriptwriting for Doctor Who. The BBC, let us never forget, has lied, deceived and suppressed the truth throughout. They claimed that there'd been no deaths from jabbed children and that the only side effects were mild. That was a blatant lie. The BBC has boasted that it never allows any discussion about vaccination of any kind on any of its programmes. Since it refuses to give airtime to anyone questioning the safety or usefulness of vaccines, this is a clear breach of the BBC's charter and of basic journalistic ethics. BBC are mad, bad and dangerous to know, but without the Byronic romance or talent. The horrors of social credit and digital passports are already here. Make no mistake, they've already created two levels of society and everyone who accepts and uses a vax passport is betraying everyone and selling their future for a little convenience. People have sold their health, their lives and their freedom for a trip to the theatre or a football match. They're selfish and they've damaged everyone's freedom. In Scotland, a woman complained that she was denied medical treatment because she hadn't been jabbed. In numerous other countries, the unjabbed have been ordered not to enter shops or other public places. In Lahore, the unjabbed can't buy fuel at petrol pumps, shop inside malls, or ride on a city bus. That's the reality of social credit. Governments have deliberately created two-tier societies. During 2022, 
they will create all sorts of false evidence to support their lies. Every bit of bad weather will be given a name and blamed on climate change. A week ago, I wrote that it wouldn't surprise me if they created a tsunami or two to kill a few thousand unfortunates. There was one, and there'll be more. They could easily create them by exploding a small nuclear device underwater. If you don't think they'd do that, then, I'm afraid, you haven't been keeping up, and you're underestimating the evil of the people who've organised this coup. Throughout history, not many people have had a chance to change history. Today, however, we can all change history in a permanent way. We can reverse the coup. Remember, COVID-19 is just the start of the war. It's a vital part, but it's just a part. Remember, we won't win with lawyers or tweets or even with demonstrations. We will only win by reaching out to as many people as we can. You can play your part by sharing this video widely. Flood the comments sections of online newspapers and direct people to watch it. Thank you for watching An Old Man in a Chair and thanks to Brand YouTube and to Mohammed Butt. They have exciting plans for 2022. Please visit the BNT merchandise section because it costs a great deal of money to run a big platform. BNT needs and deserves your support. And to subscribe please to my BNT channel to keep up with new videos. Please put my videos on other platforms and on Twitter and Facebook too if you get your wrists slapped. Regard it as a war injury. Don't forget to watch my friend Dr. Colin Barron's amazing videos, which are always fantastic and often incredibly funny. Finally, although it may feel like it at times, please remember that you're not alone. More and more people are waking up, and once they're awake, they don't go back to sleep, which means our numbers are growing daily. If we're going to win this war, which we will, we have to fight hard and with determination and with passion and with the truth and with humour, which the enemy hates and doesn't understand. Remember, this is primarily a propaganda and a media war, and we have to reach outside to educate people who are incapable of thinking for themselves. We need to fight on the simple issues, such as the pointlessness and the danger of the jabs. This war will be won not in parliaments or the law courts, but in the hearts and minds of the people who know that this is a wicked propaganda war. We've been betrayed by politicians, journalists, lawyers, judges and doctors, but although they may have the money, we have the belief, the love and the truth and the will to win. The comments on this video are turned off again, I'm afraid. Just before Christmas I turned on the comments. There were a lot of lovely remarks for which thank you, but I got the usual lies, abuse and a death threat, which I've put with all the others. Thank you for that. Distrust the government, avoid mass media, fight the lies, and thank you for watching an old man in a chair.